Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Skyping's So funky. <laughs> so uh, there was all types of conversation last week around relationships, and that was pretty much triggered by the IG live that the baby did of him and his the baby's mother. Artist Danny Lay. And it was a very toxic setting that we were all globally let into. Him antagonizing his child's mother, calling her names. She also did not want to put the baby on social media, but uh, their, their child. child. Sorry, if, if I, I say the baby, baby, then you think I'm talking about the baby. She didn't want to put their child on social media. And to continue to antagonize her, he then not only put their child on social media by putting the video camera, by putting the phone towards them during an IG live, but did so while Donnie Lay was feeding the child. And I think there's a, you know, there was a lot of conversation around it just by nature of the fact that, you know, the voyeurism of letting everybody in, but also about what is narcissistic behavior. I think for a lot of us who have dealt with narcissists, and again, narcissists can be male, female, non-binary. It is definitely not something that is simply relegated to men. But I will say that this society 100% supports and promotes narcissism amongst men because it is ingrained in toxic masculinity. I think for those of us who have experienced a narcissist, we saw that IG live and we're like, oh, this is a narcissist doing a discard. And the discard is when narcissists, by nature of who they are, they decide that you don't matter anymore and they will discard you like a piece of trash. And in doing so, they will use anything against you that they have learned throughout your time together. They will mock you. They will antagonize you. And for what it's worth, they will make sure that you are presented as the bad guy to not only make themselves look good, that's narcissism, but also to make their self-sabotage feel warranted. And I know that the baby is not the only narcissist. I just am using him as an example because this was put on such grand display. And so I wanted to bring up this episode, Side Effects of Narcissism with Candace Thompson, because I do think it's an ongoing and really revelatory issue for a lot of people to realize that they have been in the snares of a narcissist or to identify that they may have some narcissism within themselves that they need to adjust. And in this episode, we really get to the bottom of different forms of narcissists, the ways in which they operate, the ways in which codependence can get pulled into their grasp, and also the ways in which society continues to perpetuate narcissists amongst us. You know, in America, I just feel like this country itself is a narcissistic culture. It lacks accountability as we see literally with the efforts to ban teaching about racism from schools, even though it is an actual thing. It's actual. There is a attempt currently to ban the teaching of actual things that have happened because it is uncomfortable, because it makes people feel not happy about themselves and uh, their, their history. And that right there to me is a complete 
signifier of the narcissism of this American culture. And I don't just mean white American culture because there are people of all races, ethnicities within the American melting pot that support this This fucking fucking bullshit. bullshit. But again, narcissism a lot of times shows up in its most impactful way amongst our romantic relationships. It's not to say that you can't have narcissistic parents. It's not to say that you can't have narcissistic co-workers and bosses and friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that a lot of people feel it the most outside of a child-parent relationship in their romantic relationships. And I wanted to air this episode because there was so much conversation on these interwebs that I felt was truly misinformed a lot by people who may not recognize the ways in which they have now come to basically support really dysfunctional and harmful and oftentimes abusive behavior simply because it's the only thing that they've experienced and also because society has told them that that is simply normal. It's expected. It's It's not. not. And in the exposing of the narcissist as a identity that exists in our society in giving people the language to be able to identify certain things like breadcrumbing, certain things like discarding, etc. You are able to identify that this is what is happening. And in that case, you can then identify how you can excise yourself from that situation versus continuing to be a victim of it. So I wanted to play this episode in the hopes that maybe it would enlighten some of you all to not only hopefully get out of situations that you might be in uh, or stop scenarios that you are causing, but also give you some insight into how you might be perpetuating the ways in which these behaviors continue to show up in our society without being checked by the way you respond to narcissists and how they show up in our society on social media. So without further ado, here is me and my friend Candace Thompson with Side Effects of Narcissists. This is an episode that is long overdue. I've referred to this. I've made allusions. I've spoken directly, saying people's names. But it is time that we delve, dive, burrow into side effects of narcissists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a real one. It's going to be a real one. And I didn't want to approach this realness by myself. So... Today's guest is my good friend and comedian and very common narcissist runner in her, run, run into her, <laughs> Candace Thompson. Hey, mans. Hey, Cans. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't really truly know like the full scope of narcissists and narcissism until I met you and you put me on game <laughs> because Candace is a researcher at heart. And when she bumps up against something that doesn't really like fully make sense, she goes into the crevasse. She dives deep into the crevasse, by the way, is one of my favorite episodes of 30 Rock, just so we're clear. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) and it's a great episode where Jack Donaghy is trying to figure out like, how is he going to get them out of this whole government buyout situation that Will Arnett has now like soaked them, sucked them into. And he's talking to Liz Lemon and he's like, I don't know what to do. And she was like, I mean, you just gotta, you, you can't back out. You gotta just commit even more. And he was like, oh, I know what I have to do. I have to go deeper 
into the crevasse. crevasse. And she explains, <laughs> as, I feel like there's like an explanation of a story where like some people get like buried in an avalanche and instead of digging their way out up, mm-hmm. they have to dig down Deep, deeper, deeper into the crevasse. And that's how they get free. Is a crevasse just a bigger crevice? I mean, I feel like crevasse is just a French word for crevice. Oh, maybe. Because it's definitely spelled A S S E. Right? Crevasse. The spelling is similar. It's the crevasse is I C E, crevasse is A S S E. Which makes me feel like it's French. It is. We have no knowledge of whether that's true or not. We could research it. We could. But we're focused right now on narcissists. Correct. So. Candace is going to join us for the entire episode because her knowledge on this topic uh, eclipses mine. And I speak <laughs> merely from experience-based uh, uh, knowledge. And, and Candace has experiential, but also... And YouTube videos. YouTube videos and literature. <laughs> and yes, yes I've read, read books. books. I yes. absolutely have. So the reality is both of us are empaths. So we attract narcissists by nature of one, the fact that we are open vessels, so they're attracted to that. And two, we're givers. Uh, Not to be confused with healers, which is a weird title that people give themselves without people giving it to them. Without any qualifications. (laughs) If you ever hear me refer to myself as a healer or as a guru, I want you to find me. I'm going to be like Amanda starting a cult. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd kind of join. I would join. I'm not gonna lie. I would join. I don't think you'd be a weird sex cult one. No, I would not. It'd be, it'd be a lot of music. Yeah, I feel a lot of choreography would be. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there would be mandatory choreo. <laughs> Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm giving us joviality right now. We're very jocular mm-hmm. because it's gonna get serious. It is, and it's gonna get real. And it's going to get uncomfortable because during this episode, you're going to realize that people in your life are narcissists and it's going to force you to have to make some decisions. Some of y'all going to have to move out your houses. Some of y'all, yes. Some of y'all going to have to hide your wife, hide your kids. (laughs) Okay. And you're, it's, it's because it's a shocking thing when it comes upon you because it also can be very liberating because you're like, oh my God, I hadn't even considered this, but this situation has seemed like just... nonsensical for so long and now here is somebody giving me even just a seedling of of insight into something that I have always felt mystified by so strap in brace yourselves it's gonna be an emotional ride let's drop a gem jam dropping jam dropping jam dropping we're dropping on these hoes (sighs) alright here we are a gem drop Listen close. Today's gem drop is narcissism versus narcissist. Now, these are important distinctions because narcissism is a certain level of, how would you put it? It's a certain level of self um, love that is a bit extreme. Can we say that? narcissism self-love that is extreme uh it's versus more of a, being a narcissist which is a patho- a pathological way of living that is completely outside of self-awareness 
Should I be talking? Yes. Okay, I was con- I was con- I didn't know if this was like the monologue portion. No, no, no. <laughs> because <laughs> because narcissism is something that you have to have some of. Of course. You can't be completely devoid of narcissism. Basically, in my opinion, narcissism is the nerve. It's you having the nerve to believe that you can do something or be something beyond the limitations that society may press on you. So, like, I have to have a certain level of narcissism to believe that I can get on stage and tell these jokes. For sure. For sure. Um, Everyone that is in what we do in our industry to believe, to actually believe. And there's a little bit of delusion that's also tied in with that. Because you're like, because literally what we're saying we're going to be successful at is like a a football football player player. being like, I'm going to make it in the NFL. Like, you sound crazy. Because what are the odds? But we're both like, kind of like you for sure. You for sure. (laughs) I'm still, you know. Shut up. I'm doing things. (laughs) I'm doing big things. All right. I'm in these streets. I'm in the, I'm (laughs) in these streets. All right. (laughs) <laughs> but for us to have the the, the nerve. nerve the nerve to think that we want us that the people that we're in front of right now are going to <laughs> listen to what I have to say and they're going to laugh at it. It's really like who do you think you who are? Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. When I was in third grade, I told my teacher I wanted to be the first black female president of the United States of America and she was like she sent a note home saying Amanda is overconfident and needs to pursue more realistic goals. I just had That's hilarious. a healthy level of narcissism that said to me, you can go beyond the, you love yourself enough to believe in yourself beyond the, the belief of other people. But which is, first of all, I would like to point out like what you just said is kind of unheard of. Like, first of all, being a black girl, right? Like they don't tell us those are attainable things. Correct. So and the she fact kept that, on with that and she did and she literally said to your mother, <laughs> no, ma'am, this is unreasonable. Your daughter's unreasonable. Right. She, she better, better start, start trying, trying to be a nurse. nurse. So like the fact that you had that in you from when you were that young, like I didn't have that in me when I, when I was that young. I don't have it in me now to think, oh, I can be the president. I'm still str- that's something that I struggle with regularly is like my confidence level. Um, but I, at the same time, you can still have like that as something that you're working on, but you can also still have, uh, be on the spectrum of having some narcissism. Well, I think that they're not th- mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. I mean, I remember when I had to have the conversation with myself about social media and deciding like, okay, you're going to commit to utilizing your social media to advance your career. And the biggest situation that was holding me back was the reality that I was going to have to exercise a certain heightened level of narcissism For sure. because so much of social media is simply about you demonstrating to the masses the love of yourself. And what you can do, you're talking to a camera, yes. just you. Yeah. And you got to love yourself on like... And I, I think it's maybe not... Love is not even the word. It's like admire. You have to like admire yourself. yourself. It sounds... <laughs> it sounds, that sounds trash. That sounds It insane. sounds like you're literally trying to suck your own dick. What are you you're doing like, right Can now? I do I'm it? just admiring myself. There's a vanity to it. For sure. And, and so you have to have a certain... But it's like there's got to be a certain dose of that in order for you to not let the self-doubt and the insecurity and the suppression of like society constantly saying like, no, you can't, no, you can't, yeah. no, you can't. I think that that's part of like privilege as well has a little a lot of narcissism built into it. Now, narcissists take this beyond a tool and it is a lifestyle. Yeah. It's beyond a uh, trait and it's the sum of their parts. And narcissists ultimately believe that 
the 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 admiration that we're talking about that you have to have in terms of a a dose of admiration for narcissism they ultimately believe that everybody has that admiration for them right and if they don't their job is now to convince that person that they do try and get that person it validates them they constantly need it so if there's one person who doesn't think that about them they focus on that person to try and make sure that that person will pray end up praising them now here's where because i know some people are listening and they're like well what's wrong with that i mean a lot of us want people to like us it's that they will do whatever it takes manipulation lies yeah yeah gaslighting gas i was going to say and also um making you feel like you're their best friend and so they can trust you. They'll build a trust with you so that you actually feel like, oh, this is like someone I'm close to. And that's how that's part of the manipulation. And so you then start to feed into it is whatever their goal is, whether you know it or not. Most of the time you don't because they're tricky bastards. They are. They're tricky bastards. And I think that, you know, there's a reality to the fact that this is still a a new part of common lexicon. Oh, for sure. You know, like the narcissist label has been a part of psychology and sociology, but I think within like the zeitgeist of just regular folks, it's definitely new. And social media. Social media has absolutely also shone a light on like this is what a narcissist looks like and i hopefully with this type of um conversation that we're having on this podcast today and i talked about it on my social media helps you shine a light on like oh that's what a narcissist looks like or like am i being a narcissist am i a narcissist i think there's a rule of thumb that says if you can recognize you're a narcissist you're probably not a narcissist. you're probably not because you're there's a level of self-awareness that's there that is lacking in true narcissists they do. If you, I've called a narcissist a narcissist to his face and a sociopath as well. And then in a, in not a nice way. Like how do you say that? You can't. Like right. I was like, oh no. I literally said to this person, he's, he's an, an actor, actor of, of course. course. <laughs> I said, yeah. Oh no, because we got into an argument and he, what he he was saying some crazy shit. And I said, oh no, you're a sociopath. And which is we can talk about sociopathy because there's a fine line. They're they're all on this on, on a spectrum. But he he also was a narcissist, but I called him a sociopath. And then within like a month or, and I said, we need a break. I can't talk to you. We need some space. He texts me like a month later. Hey, can we hang out again? See, this is what I don't do. I recently just had this situation with somebody who I wouldn't necessarily say that they are a narcissist or a sociopath because I feel like they are more muted. But then you start to realize that it comes in all different shapes and sizes and colors and techniques. Oh. And it's not always people who are outwardly like problematic. And I think that's what people are thinking. People feel like if the person isn't somebody that's like egregious and gregarious and, you know, really out here like showing their ass, it's like, oh, well, they must not be a narcissist. But I think that we have to understand that there's art, there's different levels and there's different versions. Absolutely. And then you have to figure out, is this narcissism or is this someone who's a full blown narcissist? Right. And it's tricky. It's very, Who very has the tricky. Time? I, well, I mean, nobody. luckily I do. <laughs> luckily, I've done the research for all of you. So you just listen to this podcast <laughs> and you'll be fully vetted to know whether or not you fucking with a narcissist. I think that for ourselves, we can value narcissism as this little extra level of like... It's like a power boost. It's like that turbo, you know, when you would be playing Outrun at the... Uh, <laughs> 
at the arcade and you'd be like driving, you're driving with the steering wheel and then they're like turbo and you can be like, (laughs) you know, and that's like what pushes you past. Like that's what narcissism is. It's just this little turbo boost to your ego Mm -hmm. to get you over the hump of the self-deprecating blocks that we have to do what you need to do. Right. And like you said, sometimes it is delusion. Sometimes it's definitely like, I know that the odds are against me. However, I'm a bet on myself. See how this turns out. A narcissist is somebody who lives in that space at all times and is willing to disrupt your space yep. in order to preserve theirs. Yep. When That's it, the when distinction. you interact with other people and you're hurting people through that um, for your own self-preservation, yes. that's when it becomes a level of, uh, it's detrimental and what you need to watch out for, for sure. I think we need to get in some DMTs. Yeah, yeah, the kettle's blowing. I'm a Can you whistle? I can whistle. I cannot. <laughs> of course you can whistle. Get out of here. I hate her. That's a lie. (laughs) And the narcissist in me knows it's a lie. (laughs) I have a skill. I just remember. I have a skill that's not whistling. Can I? Demonstrate, please. This is very scary. How did you even find that? This is very disturbing. Oh my God, your mouth is not moving. But how did you discover this? I discovered this in eighth grade. I want to give a shout out to these white girls that I went to junior high with who lived in Glendale, Stacy Rearman, Bridget Meyer. I think there may have been one other one. I they started doing it. And then I was like, what the fuck what are you are doing? What are you doing? I'm just I'm literally saying girl with my mouth closed. Girl, 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 girl. I know it's terrifying. Enjoy. Practice it. Did I find the one thing that Amanda can't do? You know I can't find a man. Is that what we did? You know I can't find a man. I can't either. But, okay, there's two things. (laughs) But that's also not your fault. That's on them. This is why we're friends. Niggas got us fucked up. They do. (laughs) They do got us fucked up. (laughs) Candace and I are part of team Can't Let These Niggas Live. We we came up with that. That was together. That was so good. What yeah. were we talking about? Um, Misspellings and texts. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Shutting them down. Couldn't let them live. And they don't like they don't like being called out when they're wrong. Correct. And that's kind of what we are professionals at. Can't let them live. <laughs> uh, excuse me. There's an apostrophe there. <laughs> Sorry. That is the singular, and we are referring to the plural of woman. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just a side note. I need us to all get that ironed out. I don't want to see nobody else saying you're a very smart woman. You are very smart women. Yeah, I don't want to. That's not correct. You are a very smart woman. No, No, I'm a very smart woman. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Also, it's mine, not mine's. She (laughs) goes. That's mine's. No, it's not. It's mine. Mine. And it's also 
I, I, I am sorry for your loss, not what? your lost. Oh, no. Sorry for your lost. Oh, that's out here. Rampant. You know what else is out here? Bless you. Every since. Have you ever heard anyone say, every since I was a little kid? <laughs> no. I had someone say to me verbally, congrats. With a D? And I was like, how do you spell congrats? With a and D. And he was like, <laughs> with a T? C-O-R. Well, then why? I was like, then why are you pronouncing it congratulations? He's like, I don't know. Idiot. <laughs> my favorite word. Idiot. Idiot. We're serving it. We toyed with doing side effects of being light-skinned, y'all. We toyed with it. But I was like, you know what? Too many irresponsible people will take things out of context. For sure. And ignore, like, the nuance and context of the conversation in favor of creating some type of false con- controversy Absolutely. that only furthers the problematic nature the of separation. <laughs> but we digress. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. So, let's get into some DMTs. Yes. People have questions. And you've got answers. First question. I grew up in the wake of MySpace, 13 years old. I struggle with vanity and a little bit of self-centeredness. I relate everything to myself. I thought I was like this because I'm an only child, holla, and because of that reason, I learned to like slash love myself a lot. I also think I'm super smart, because I am. But seriously, how much is too much? How do I know I'm not the narcissist? Well, you do sound like you've got a healthy dose of self-love. That's for damn sure. Which is good. I think that the key to knowing you're not the narcissist is your intentions. You know, I think that there's a certain level of like, you might be self-centered. Yes. You sound like you're self-centered. You may lack a certain level of self-awareness. There's nothing wrong with saying you're smart if you actually are smart. There's nothing wrong with saying like, I love myself and I want the best for myself. However, it becomes being a narcissist when you are willing to put other people at risk emotionally, mentally, physically for the preservation of your feeling of self-love for yourself. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. But also, again, like you said, if you're asking, you're probably not. So, like, the fact that she's even... Or is it a girl? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that she's even asking is, like, you're aware that there could be a problem, which, again, narcissists are not aware at they're not gonna and even but you know what they do inquire. but you know what they do what they feign awareness oh they they're good you'll call them out and they will feign awareness Absolutely. and i had a therapist who used to call it um basically i can't think of the exact words i'll find it but it's like it's like small like gratifications to keep you going mm-hmm. and it's like it's like crumbs essentially and mm-hmm. so like they'll give you just enough to keep you on the hook. For sure. And then they go back to doing what the fuck they were doing. And so you end up in a cycle. In a of just being like, yeah, because you start to doubt. But then you'd be like, but they said this or they they did this. So I'm so good. So be. we're good. Yes. But yeah. But no. But then they do that fuck shit again. And you're like, wait a second. But then they say the right things again. And, they, and yeah. But, all you know, I was just thinking about this person who just sent that question. They could be reaching out just for the attention. 
of this being on this part. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is also something to be aware of. Like, this person could just be doing this for attention. Not saying that is why, but if they are, if you are a full blown narcissist, that is some shit you would do. You just want attention for yourself, so you'd ask a question that you really aren't concerned about at all, just for the attention of it. Right. You're not really concerned about it if you're the narcissist. You're more concerned about. Look at me. They're talking about me on the episode about narcissism. Absolutely. About narcissists. Tricky, tricky, tricky bastards. bastards. It's really tricky. It's hard to nail down. I think the key in acknowledging it is the level of toxicity that comes from the behavior. I think sometimes it's like, well, maybe this is just somebody who's like difficult or maybe we're just incompatible. And that's fair. But I think when you start to see the manipulation happening, mm -hmm. that's when you have to really be like, okay, what is this? Yeah. Manipulation and gaslighting. The gaslighting is really like the key component that I want to make sure that we talk about. Yeah, I was going to say explain because I'm sure people don't even know what that, which I... Gaslighting is essentially making somebody think that what is actual and factual is not actual and factual for the preservation of the lie that they're telling you about themselves. So I had a situation with Tajay from Souls of Mischief where... <laughs> He it never gets old. It never gets old because it's a fact. Where and then every time Rebecca and Brendan look at each other and are like, "Fuck, is this gonna be the time where he calls in? Is this gonna be the time?" Tajay, if you're listening, please call in <laughs> at five five five. No dice. So the situation was he had wild out on me. I won't even, I, I'll give him the, I'll, I'll at least give him the respect of not disclosing the reason why. But he had no reason to wild out on me. And he was screaming at me and telling me that I'm crazy and that I'm a weirdo and that I'm selfish and that all I care about is myself. This is all happening on my birthday, by the way. And all of this mayhem, madness. And, you know, it, when someone gets to that level of mania, it makes you if you're lucky you 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 have a self uh you have like a a kill switch yep that brings you down because you got to like mellow to manage their mania so i got things down to a i eventually got him back to the middle and a month later after everything had fizzled and of, of course, course in true narcissist fashion, he had to come back to try and act like the good guy, you know, the false apology, just so that we can, you know, just so, it's like they burn the bridge. The breadcrumb. It's the breadcrumb, yes. And they burn the bridge, but always are like, wait, no, 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 let me build it back. Let me, they keep trying to build the bridge back that they are burning over and over and over again. Yep. And I was like, you know, to be honest, I feel like you're unaware of the way that you behave and like you're, the, way, the way that you spoke to me was very abusive. And he was like, you are bugging. You are wilding. I, that, is, that is taking things too far. And it's just not taking things too far. You were mentally abusive and you were emotionally abusive in that space. And it made me concerned that you would eventually become physically abusive. And so I'm just telling you this because it seems like you lose a conscience. It was almost as if you became another person. So I'm like, maybe you aren't aware. So I'm putting you on game. And he was like, I never yelled at you in a hotel room. They Can I tell you? I don't know what you're talking about. Can I tell you that... One of the books that I read, which is, um, it's called What Makes Narcissists Tick. It's online. It's free. It's on. A, it's a PDF. One of the titles of the chapters is they act as if nothing happened. No, he was like, I never, you are wilding. Yep. I never yelled at you. You're making that up. That is not how things happened. And then was like, what about you yelling at me? 
What are we talking about? That did not happen. That didn't happen. Gas <laughs> Gaslighting. That is the definition of gaslighting. And that was the first time that I ever recognized it. Yep. And then it made me go back. Like, oh, snap. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, and you just start to see, like, times that you dealt with that in other relationships, in your times you dealt with that in your childhood. Yep. Family members. Yep. Can friendships. We, can we talk about how Shaggy had a whole song that was gaslighting that we never <laughs> even paid attention to? It wasn't me. I saw Tony you fucking on the up. counter. It wasn't me. You're literally telling me something I saw with my own eyes. <laughs> Did not happen. And we dancing in the club to it. <laughs> this is how irresponsible so many artists are. Like, Well, they don't even... No, I think... But to, to actually, in their defense, this is a part of patriarchy. Oh, for, for sure. So I think that there, a lot of guys don't even think there's anything wrong with that. Because it's, like, sure. it's just self-preservation to a toxic level. That's what narcissism is. So that it's is. like, if it means making you feel crazy to get me out from under... Oh, well. Hey. You, you were just a, a casualty, casualty, but that ain't got, got shit to do with me. me. Like, like what? what? <laughs> you just trampled on my whole entire life. My life is destroyed. And that's what narcissists do. If you get involved with one to the point where you get married, have a family, they will just they could just potentially destroy your life and then and walk away, light a match, set your whole shit on fire, and they will walk away as if nothing happened. They go Angela Bassett in a waiting to exhale. But your she life. knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. <laughs> and he deserved it. <laughs> Maybe I deserve. <laughs> Next question. How can a person cope with narcissistic family members? Oh, that's a tough one. Boundaries. Boundaries is the key. I think the reality is, is that, you know, the, the nuance of this question is that when it's about, when it's a family member, you can't get rid of you them. You can't leave. Right. So how do you manage that? You know, and listen, that exists in parents, your brothers, your sisters, like people that are a part of your life. And once you recognize it, you're like, fuck. I had a therapist tell me that the key is not letting yourself get caught up in their storm. And that's what a boundary is. You know, that you have to have a certain distance from them that you are preserving so that you're not getting swept into their tactics of, upli of upholding, you know, their narcissistic tendencies. And I think that's the tough part. Because you want to be able to like be honest and be open and be and have a relationship and have a relationship and an exchange, but it's not equity. It's it, not equitable for sure. Like with that one guy, the actor that I talked about, that said some crazy shit to me, and I was like, "Oh no, you're so like this is somebody who I had dated, and it was hard for me because we were friends first. We were friends for like three years before we started dating. And in then hindsight, that's I, were you really friends? N <laughs> Friends where it's, you know how you have friends where you go out a lot and have great fun times with, but yeah. you've never gone deeper Below than that. Right. And then so I, when we tried, when, that's what happens when you date someone, you become intimate, you have to go below the surface. And so I was like, that, I and just I, went through this. It, I just went through this. It's, and now we know, so hopefully it's not going to have to happen again. But, you know, it's a, it's a repetitive thing that happens out here in this. I'm telling you, L.A. is I was li I was watching one of my YouTube videos that I do regularly. <laughs> and there was a doctor on it. And, and when she said out of her mouth, when the first sentence she said, video. yep, she said, if you if you, if you want, want to study turtles, go to the Galapagos. If you want to study narcissists, move to L.A. That was a we quote. are the Galapagos of narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
it's true. And so you're gonna you're gonna come. But again, once you know, you know. And then it's like, oh, you see the red flags. Like when I dealt with with this guy, was it lasted a three week relationship once we started dating because I had dated one prior to that. You, you know, know who I'm talking about, about. Yeah. from years ago. So I know the red flags. And I know when you say some crazy shit to me, I'm like, oh, you have a personality disorder. So what are some red flags? Because I think that when we apply it to just romantic situations, I think it's a lot easier for people to feel, to feel like they can determine like a red flag. But just in general, what are some red flags? Because I think that this applies to the family scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, a huge, well... <clears throat> Before uh, I know he, one, I know one. I have so I was gonna say I know love bombing is one, but I don't know in a family situation if this would apply. Continue. Love bombing is when they they pretend to be all about you immediately, like within the first month of you meeting this person. They're saying things like "I love you," "I want to move in with you," "I can't wait to," do, I, "I can see a family with you." That's way too soon to be saying. You don't know me, but as women, especially. That's we've been trained to think, oh, these are stuff that a good man would say. This is what a guy who's really into me would say. So I can trust this guy. And this this is the one. Do you think it's tricky when you've known the person in a certain capacity for a certain amount of time and then you are now stepping into a romantic space and it's harder to determine because I feel like I have been the victim of that because in my mind, I'm like, well, you've already known me in this space. So if you're stepping into this new space, it's because you're intentional and you know, like I've already observed you in this space and I'm stepping into this space because I know that I want to fuck with you and I love you, et cetera. Yeah. That's a really tricky one. Cause that hap- that's actually kind of what exactly. That's happened. why I brought it up. Right. Uh, so it's like, yeah, you would you initially think, oh, this is a person who I've been friends with for so and so, like, and obviously they're really into me because we've known each other for three years. Maybe he's really just realizing that he, I'm the one for him, and he wants to take it to a new level. But no, that, again, you have to remember that it's also that is still about them. Like they're not even considering you, and it is possible for that to be the case, even though you've known this person. Because how well can you truly know somebody? You don't. Even people have been married for 20 years. And then people murdered. Like, I'm, I'm married to a serial killer. What are you talking about? Right? There are people. Like, I thought you were at soccer practice with Daphne and you were over here murdering somebody. You got second families that I didn't know about. <laughs> my sister convinced my father as a second family. <laughs> convinced. Our guts be knowing. <laughs> convinced. We can't account for his time. Convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a movie one time, I think it was on Lifetime, and the father had two families. And when he was with one family, he would wear his hair curly. That was his disguise. And then when he would come back to his other family, he would straighten it. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was like Clark Kent Superman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that is a thing that they could do. And, it's, and that's a hard one because you're like, oh, I thought I knew this person. It don't matter. Because again, you don't fully know someone. You only know what they let you see of them the conversation about narcissism becomes really frustrating because even though we're going to give you red flags they're not just so concrete where you're like oh ta-da like you have to have your eyes peeled and I I said this on the episode before Paulo Colo the author of of, uh, The The Alchemist says trust everyone but never sell your sword and so that's the thing. It's like the only way you can actually kind of find out if someone really is what they are or not is having a certain level of trust for them to reveal themselves. Yeah. And that's where you kind of like are putting yourself in a conundrum. So test the water. You can test the waters with if you have any inkling that someone might be, which you would if they like talk about themselves a lot. You remember how you were telling me, Amanda, you had a situation with a dude and 
they had done something that they needed to apologize for. And in that apology that he was giving you, he kept saying, hit me, 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 me. Like the apology was supposed to be about you. You, you know, know who I'm, I'm talking, talking about. about. <laughs> What's the hint I could give? Chicago? Continue. In the apology, it was yes. supposed to be about you, but yes. it was about him. That's a red flag. You got to pay attention to ha- what their intention are and re- literally read between the lines. Because now we all text all the time, right? Read between the lines. Well, if they're talking, what if are they not saying? What are they not saying? Right. It's not just what they're saying. It's what are they not saying? <laughs> what are saying? they not saying? So, it- and this is also a great exercise for us. Um, those of us who feel like we have a healthy dose of narcissism within our diets and, you know, to be very conscious about how we are representing in an exchange and especially a romantic exchange or in a familial exchange because, you know, you you find yourself in these moments where you have to make sure that you're not coming across that way. Yeah. Like you're, and, and so the way to me to do that is to make sure that you are being conscious of someone else's feelings. You're leaving space for critique from someone else <laughs> because that is another red flag. They cannot be critiqued. No. It's very defensive. When if you, there's any type of criticism, that's a huge red flag. They are unable to accept any type of criticism. And the reality or is... Or blame. And the reality is, is that they will only accept it if they themselves have been the one to bring it up. That I have noticed. If you're the one who's like, see this thing you did here? Nah. They're yeah. like, what, 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 what? Then they may go like two weeks and come back and be like... So I was thinking, you know, that I could be better at da-da-da-da. And you're like, so is this... But they're not acknowledging that you're the one right. who even inspired that. Right. They have made it that this is their thing that they have decided that they're going to do. Yes. And so there we've now, we've now named Love, love bombing, bombing. Never uh, taking blame and uh, never saying... What was the thing? Right and making was? apologies about themselves. Making apologies about... Right. When it's, when Centering it's themselves. To, when it's supposed to be about you... They center themselves. They... Right. And that's not just in apologies. <clears throat> that's in celebrations. It's in everything. Yes. They... If it's about you, they center themselves. And even if you are in a place of crisis and they come to your aid, it's still... About them. About them. For sure. They want to be the hero. They want to somehow become come out on the uh the the end where it's like where they they where they have to be getting all the validation, everything, all the time. That's what it's about. A hundred percent of the time with narcissists is attention, attention, attention. Everything they do is for attention and validation. Just know if you take nothing away, just know that. Dangerous people. Oh, and they you said they can't take criticism. That was the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, criticism or blame. So the question was, how can a person cope with narcissistic family members? I Boundaries. Boundaries, Boundaries for, for sure. sure. And it's super duper hard, especially if you're a mom. Like I have people who are like, you know, my mom is a narcissist. And it's like, yeah, that's rough because you want to be able to engage with them across the board. But you have to instead implement a certain level of boundaries, not for them, for you. So Absolutely. that you're not disappointed. Absolutely. So that you have a clear understanding of like how to manage. But everyone has like mom shit or dad shit or brother shit or yeah. trauma shit. And so you just kind of decide, well, I'm going to just deal with it however. But the reality is, is that all of us are managing people in our lives that we love, but that may not do behaviors that we love. And so how do you, how do you handle that? You have to figure out what your boundaries are, 
what you can manage and you got to stick to it. And I think that's the hardest thing. Yeah, because you're innately going to be like, this is a relative who's close to me. So you're going to want to go back to those behaviors because they're comforting to you. And you're like, this is a person that I should be able to trust and be able to confide in, but they're going to use that against you. And so you have to, like you said, boundaries and just know how know that you can't go deeper with these people. You just can't. You just can't. It's it's hard, but you can't. And once you find this out, it is a new journey of self-discovery because then you now are looking at how their behaviors have reflected upon you. So then now you have to deal with your own mm-hmm. re- reactions to that trauma and the, your own problems and issues that have come out of that. So it's not a turnkey thing. It's it's not just recognizing that you have a family member who's a narcissist. It's also then figuring out like, well, how have I been affected by this negatively? Go and, to therapy. And yeah, you got to go to therapy for it. Because you're 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 suffering some type of repercussions from it, whether you're aware of it or not. Like you are. It's just we all are. And whether you're dealing with a narcissist family member or not, we're dealing with stuff that we are completely unaware of. Our behaviors are all because of from our childhood. So going to therapy, whether or not you had a narcissistic parent, I recommend for everybody. Someone asks, you know, can you be friends with a narcissist? No. Superficial friendship. That's it. That's it. You can't go deeper. You can, like I said, the per- we can go and kick it, have fun, go to the club, whatever, but do not rely on that person. Do not depend on that person for anything because um, it's not about you. It's about them. And again, whatever they do for you, it's really ultimately for them. So just don't, don't necessarily trust that person. You can't. <laughs> I had somebody who I'm still on the fence about if they're a narcissist or not, but they were like, you know, I just really love being able to give people raises and like being able to see the excitement on their face when I gave them something that they didn't expect coming. And at the time I was listening to it and it felt like it was um, like a positive thing. Altruistic. Yeah, it felt altruistic. <laughs> but then after a series of our own interactions, I've come to feel like, you know what? That's not really where that was coming from. That's a certain, about that's about them and ego and you know, what I've done for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want praise all the time. And watching the person just exult at what they have done for mm-hmm. them. It's so tricky. Yes, you ha- mm. you don't know a lot. And if you're not really cool with these people, then, you know, you're not if you have a boss or somebody that does that. And, you know, what? that's not a, that big of a deal because you're not in an intimate relationship. But when you take it to another level of this is the one you're dating and you think about like, oh, and they're my. in your life. Yeah. yeah. Last question. Do you think narcissism should be treated like a mental illness in a way a lot of other things have been as of recent? Addiction, gambling, etc. That were once not or like, nah. <laughs> that's how they wrote it. Or like, nah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a tricky one. And I think neither of us are healthcare professionals. Um, so Speak for yourself. Like- I call myself <laughs> a healer. <laughs> I mean, granted, I was trained at the Grey's Anatomy School of Medicine. However, it is a fact that we definitely are coming from more of an experiential background than a licensed psychotherapist, physician background. That being said, from the research that both of us have done, even though it is a disorder, it is not treatable. It is not. So you can't treat it like mental illness where you can at least put people on certain meds or homeopathic remedies or behavioral changes because the, the, the hallmark of a narcissist is that they don't think there's anything wrong. You can't change what you don't recognize. Correct. 
So I remember when Tyrese was putting his narcissism on full blast um, and doing the manipulation game with emotions. Mm -hmm. And people were like, Amanda, you're so mean. He is, you know, narcissism is a mental illness and it should be treated like that. And I'm like, even if you want to have the objective and um, merciful, you know, thought process of saying this is someone who is hurting it doesn't mean that you have to allow them to hurt you. Correct. Like, you can acknowledge and say that is somebody who is a narcissist and it's unfortunate for them. Because at the root of narcissism is not... it. it even though it's about, like, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get favor for myself, at its bottom, 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 it's really about hating yourself. For sure. That's really what it is. So you're doing all of these things to truly mask the actual hate you have for yourself with this pseudo love yep. that you're building up from outside sources. Yep. And I mean, I so there is a certain pity that I have on that person, but that doesn't mean that I have to allow myself to one, be in the line of fire and two, let them not be held accountable for how those problematic behaviors are affecting other people. Right. And the only way you can deal with it is to really, again, with the boundaries and or just cutting them off, just out, cut the toxic person out of your life. Um, that it, block on the phone. Yeah, that has been. Thank goodness we learned about narcissists at the same time that we had the technology to block people from calling you. <laughs> I think that's why the person who invented it invented it. <laughs> they dealt with the toxic person was like, I can't deal with this. Yeah, I got to cut. And it. I got to share the love. But yeah, they all, it's an, in, they, narcissists are in, the most insecure people in the world, but they put on grandiose, you know. Oh my gosh. Uh, Exteriors. Right, for sure. So yeah, they pretend to be all about, but they, they, they cower when they look at themselves because yes. if, when they see their true selves, because the, whatever abuse they suffered as a kid is what made them that insecure person and turned them into a monster. So now they have to pretend that they're the greatest thing. And they, and people buy into it all the time. Some of the most successful people in the world are these types of people because they have a, the way they manipulate and uh, they can, they can get things very quickly and get to high levels yes. of power. Our yes. president is a perfect example of this offset Cardi B when he entered interrupted <laughs> her performance to make that all you don't make someone else's time to shine about you that's a huge red flag 1000 percent. i mean i definitely feel like there's there's been times where i have a certain thing about me where i i get i can make people feel comfortable enough to like show glimpses you know and then they close back up mm -hmm. but i've had two narcissists say to me like it like you you make me show too much of myself. And so I have to, I can't like fuck with you. Okay. I had one in particular say to me like, uh, I, you're, you're a mirror, a mirror that, that reveals parts, parts of myself that I don't like. And so I need to not be with you. Was this the guy that didn't want mirrors in his apartment? Correct. That's why he doesn't like mirrors. Mm -hmm. He has to look at himself. Which is ironic because... Because that's what narcissists like doing normally is admiring themselves. But sometimes I tell you that, that reflection ain't good. When they can see too far into themselves and that they can't, they can't handle it. That's why they avoid it. And they build up this, this facade and this exterior that they won't have to look at the inside because it hurts too much. They live in a fantasy world that they built. And if you try to get in that, get out. Get, get out. out. Get out. They're the worst.
But yeah, there's no treatment. There's it's it's a full on personality disorder. There is a spectrum. Let's say now on a scale of one to ten, you could have you know you know again like us, we're in this industry, so we yeah. do have a healthy amount of narcissism. But I would say on a scale of one to ten. A manageable, maybe a three, maybe a four. We're talking about full-blown tens out here in these streets. <laughs> in these streets. In these streets. Right. So, and like people the- love to be like, Amanda, you're a narcissist because no one can tell you wrong. And I was like, that's incorrect. That's not true. That's not true. We've had so many conversations. <laughs> so many conversations. So there you go. Right. No. People I Well, that brings me to our next segment. <laughs> People I like. <laughs> Is one here? <laughs> our guest for the day. Candace, your, your ex-boyfriend, ex-boyfriend who's a narcissist. narcissist. <laughs> Welcome. To- oh, how did you know it? <laughs> Can you imagine if he just came through the door like, like doof? I would love that, first of I'm all. I'm here, bitches. You know I love confrontation. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I wish a motherfucker would. I wish a mother... That's the name of your special. <laughs> I, I wish, wish a, a motherfucker, motherfucker would. would. I have so many specials. Haven't shot any of them, but I have so many titles. <laughs> What's my favorite title? I'm a very busy man. <laughs> That's got to be my first special, which I believe I'm going to shoot in like a, not that long from now. But yes. Good. Yes. I'm a very yeah. <laughs> busy man. I'm a man. very busy man. Which is... A, a quote from a narcissist that I was not dating because you were you you saw the writing on the wall. I saw it immediately just through text message exchanges. Immediately, I was like, "Oh, he wanted me to come over," and I said, "No, I'm tired. I have to get up at six o'clock in the morning." And his response back to me was, "Really? Yeah, okay, ma. You know, I'm a very busy man." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The best ever. And then tried to guilt me into coming over and making it sound as if he's the only busy one. As if I can't have a life. Me doing what I need to do for my... And this is someone who's established. Like, if I said his name, y'all be like, oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> should I? No, There's I won't. so many times so, on this podcast where I'm like, I should, should say yeah, his I name. Should. I should. Just so... Well, number one, just so other people are aware. That's always that's, the reason why I want to say names. That's all you want is to protect somebody else. That's when it. this happens to you, you just want to go out and scream in the streets. That's why I say Tajay's name every time. Stay away from this motherfucker. That's really all we're doing. But you see what happens when somebody, especially a woman of color, comes out and says, this black man did this oh to me. Oh my God. You are trying to ruin the whole black male race. You are tearing black men down. You just Forget the fact that this man tried to tear up your life. Right. They're like, that's irrelevant. That doesn't matter. What he's just trying to do his thing. So who cares if you were a casualty along the way? I'm not the only casualty. He's these dudes. Listen, I told a story about a narcissist on this podcast. I didn't even say this man's name, and I've had now seven different women come back to me through various means: Twitter, Instagram. Because I think I might be dating him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I literally didn't even say his name. I just said a couple like factors. You were talking about. They knew. They said his name. They came in my DMs and said his name and said, this is somebody you said that you had an inclination that this person was an asshole. I will confirm for you that this man is an asshole. I had this dealing with him. People all having individual dealings with him. One woman said that he had opened the door while he was, uh, he had opened the door naked when it was her first date with him. And then he tried to tell her that she was the one who was bugging for saying that that wasn't cool. Another woman said that her friend went over, um, to meet him to go out to dinner and when he when she got there he was there in the apartment just lying on the couch or lying on his bed and was like you know just talking to her from the bed 
Like, we're supposed to go out. And he just was, like, lying in the bed talking. And she's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go. And he at no point got up to, like, close, open the no. door. Nothing. Like, this is women who have been, like, f- just from my saying, these couple little. And they knew immediately who he was. They knew immediately who he was. And they're all like, he is a predator. He is a problem. And low-key, I almost feel like I am doing a disservice by not, by not just saying, saying his, name. his name. God. Because what do you... No one's going to believe you. But we also live in such a litigious society. You know, where like you, you know, people love to come with all types oh, of li- li- litigation sure. and whatnot. But, for sure. But th- I say all this to say that this segment is called People I Like. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. As we're talking about people we don't like. Exactly. <laughs> Candace, uh is a comedian and was one of the first comedians I met when I moved out here to Los Angeles. We met at a Mexican restaurant for dinner and the woman who was the hostess was definitely trying to try me. Okay. She had an attitude and I was like, am I an attitude? And Candace, who had not known me for longer than 10 minutes. Well, we had met, but we hadn't. Like, this is literally just like adults being like, let's go out and become friends. Yes. And Candace was like, the fuck? (laughs) And we've been friends ever since. (laughs) We have. And we've had many of those moments. Where we're both like, huh? Yeah. You know, I was telling you this the other day. And I will say it in public. It's like. You just want to feel like somebody has your back. And I know for me as an only child, that's like a huge thing because I didn't have sisters right. who were like, you know, or brothers that were just like ride or die. So I was always very pressed about like, I want to have a best friend. I want to have a best friend. I want to have somebody that's going to have my back. I want to have a best friend. And so especially now with like the leveling up in terms of like the visibility and whatnot, like trusting people and having people who are reliable is like such a rare thing. And I will say like at the very, like there's been absolutely several times where I have been like, what? And Candace has been like, what? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I fucks with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just know, especially in this town, like people are so pressed about everybody liking them and being mm-hmm. polite and I've had scenarios where, like, someone was sh- shitty to me. And I'm not saying you got to go be shitty to this person, but I've had people go out of their way to let that person know, yeah, Amanda doesn't fuck with you, but I do. Right. And you're just like, why is that even necessary? Like, right. that's you just really trying to, like, create a hierarchy or, like, a separation where there doesn't need to be. So on a personal level, I love you for that. But on a professional level, I love you for being a comic who, I was, listen, Candace is telling jokes that motherfuckers are not telling. Candace is keeping it all the way 100 in ways that are making you uncomfortable. Y'all know that's my favorite (laughs) shit of all time. And the reality is, is that as black women comedians, for a lot of us, we have just seen only one type of black woman comedy for so long. And so there is this like this wave of us who's coming through like Like a a tsunami tsunami with different content, different perspectives, different points of view and sticking to that. Is the hardest part, I think, because it's very tempting to try to like shift to be more amenable, and you don't do that. Well, I must say, Amanda, the narcissist in me is loving this segment. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Man's but, Thank but you. speaking Thank of you. narcissism, though, like both of us have narcissism within us, but both of us. Have had to 
be a hundred with each other and like say like, okay, well, I didn't like this or I didn't like that or this may be uncomfortable. And first of all, just as friends, you need to be able to do that. Yes. As adults and grownups, you need to be able to do that. But you can tell the difference, I think, with someone being a narcissist and not when they can receive that and not make it personal as much as it's like someone just letting you know, like, this this didn't work for me. And you're able to have a conversation. And I care about you enough to listen to what you're saying and fix it. Yes. Because I made you feel some type of way or, that I did not intend or because this is, let's be real, I'm the sensitive one. So every situation has been me. I mean, um, I, I'm sensitive too, but yeah, no, we're all sen- we're artists, right? So it's like we all. I think most artists, if you're a true artists, you are sensitive, and that's why we're here. Um, right. But we need because we're affected by certain things, and we have to speak on it, right? Because it made us feel some way, and we're like, oh, I can't let this continue. <laughs> so Jordan Carlos was telling me he was like, as a comic, that's like a real like cornerstone for us that we feel like we have to. Everyone in the conversation has to be on the same page. And when they're not, when we're not on the same page, that it is <laughs> just incensing. And I was like, that's so true. Because, yeah. like, if I feel like someone is not understanding what I'm saying, I'm just like, I'm distraught. Yeah. What are you talking about? This is, this, you don't feel the same way. Like, what? You sound like a crazy person. It's really, that's how passionate we are. You mean you don't have the exact same, same response to this as me? As me? What? You're right, cr- right, yeah, no. You need to do some research. It's absurd. Yeah, <laughs> people were like sure. Jennifer. Lo- some people were like Jennifer Lopez's performance was great, and I was like, I need you to I get lost, better standards. I lost three hundred followers of what I said. On so Instagram. actually, you did not. So I thought. Oh. Listen, I thought I, I lost twenty thousand followers. Oh shit! And I was like, I, I guess, guess that's, that's what tell the truth do. What was it? So basically, Instagram did a purge. Oh, last of like night the bots, of like bots and oh, shit. Oh, they do that our regularly. Numbers will be restored. Oh, how? Apparently, our numbers will be restored. Okay. Give them those bots back. I don't care. So, <laughs> I don't care. But, yeah, no, I saw that. I was like, 300? And it literally was the day that I went on that rant about J-Lo and how that was just not a good choice. Not that she didn't... She dan- we, we know she can dance. That's fine. But why is she salsaing during a Motown? Why and, and is she salsaing during a... Mo- she was lip syncing? She was lip syncing. That that is a fact. I noticed that within the, me and Justin. I was watching Justin Martinell. He was like, "She's lip syncing." And I, oh, and but no, I did get a lot of a lot of pushback from what I was saying. People were like, "She's black." I'm like, "When? When? When?" That, she's never even said she was black. <laughs> what are we talking about? When? What are we talking about? And why can't we have a distinction between? Race and culture. She does not identify as a black American or one who is about black culture. Said never. She was black. She did a hip hop song that's what, or two. That's why I said that Ashanti sang Diddy for three years in the late nineties does not make you black. <laughs> Absolutely not. You were a Puerto Rican woman dating Diddy, but you never acknowledge yourself as Afro Latina. No, never. Never has she claimed that. Never. She's from the Bronx. People are fooled by the rocks that she's got. (laughs) (laughs) She was on the six. (laughs) Get money, get money. (laughs) (laughs) She's from the block. I understand why it's a little confusing. But she also was with... I understand why you might conflate the two. (laughs) But... Never forget Benefer. Never... Never. never. Okay. That's what never Gili forever. Ah Gili. 
That's all you got to... Whenever you think, maybe she's black, Gigli. Facts. Because I came on and said I had a whole list of people that could have done a much better job. And people I, that were there. Right. Literally that were there. Janae, Janelle Monet. Like, I was like, well, I was like Fantasia, not part. I was like, I wish Alicia Keys could have done it. Like, they that could have been her. There. She did her own performance. That could have been her performance. Listen. I don't understand. I got into a whole thing because I said, I was like, even Mariah could. And they were like, she's blacker than Mariah. I said, first of all. Stop it, I five. Had to, Mariah is a whole nigga. And that's the other thing that people don't know. I posted. I said, tell, I said, for all the people that are on my comments talking about Mariah is, or J-Lo was more black than Mariah. Disrespectful. This is all I have to say. And then I posted her, her performance with, in front of the black choir when she did Joy to the World in a black church. <laughs> could J-Lo? Could J-Lo? No, what are you talking? And also, she is her Mariah's father is black and black Venezuelan. Black, <laughs> black. There's black in there. There's black. Both of his parents were some type of black. All right, but also no. Also no. Also no. Stop being ridiculous. Well, thank you for not being ridiculous. You're welcome. And. <laughs> It is a gift to have a friend and a professional relationship that goes through ebbs and flows, but that uh, forces growth yes. and change and um, has a lot of education <laughs> because of your YouTube videos. <laughs> Look, man, I'm a work in progress. And I, this yeah. is what I don't understand um, is that all the only thing that I have done my whole entire life, aside from like telling jokes, because that's the only thing I can think of that I've done since I was a kid, is like just try and be a better person. Yeah. I, I've always been on a quest of self-betterment. And it blows my mind how many people that is just not even on their list of things to do. <laughs> it's not. They're like, mm, I got to go return these when tapes. When you challenge people and they just be like, peace, I can't handle this. What are you talking? And that's most of my relationships is, have ended yeah. because I've challenged people. That's all of my relationships. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so you just don't want to do better. Okay. I had this conversation with my really good friend the other night and he was like, well, at least they're being honest. And I was like, first of all, I need to stop giving that's so much credit to out. basic, like human decency. Why are we being- here on, on, on earth if we're not And then he was learning. like, well... You know, but they're being honest with themselves. And I was like, but it doesn't change the fact that they're trash. If you're honest and you're like, I'm a pedophile, that's still trash. (laughs) That's still, you're honest, but you're you're a dumpster fire. Like, that's trash. (laughs) I need you to go over here and be over here. Right. You can't be over here with with these kids. That's not We're going to get you a bunch of kittens now because you're going to fuck with the kittens. I just need you (laughs) to be over here. Now I trust you with my cats. Now look where we are. Right. (laughs) That doesn't stop there. The, The realization, that's the first step. Now what? You got to finish the journey. You know, now what? Do better. When you choose to not do better, it's not an example of honesty. To me, that is actually a hallmark of narcissistic behavior. And someone has done you a favor by walking away from you. Turn around and walk the other way your damn self. Yep. That That one one time. time. (laughs) Can we can we really quickly talk about the time where I told you about someone that I was seeing and what they said to me via text and then you brought them up on stage? Oh, this is one of our favorite stories of all time. This is one of the best. We don't let these nigga live stories. Correct. Ever. So I was seeing a guy 
<clears throat> who was for sure a narcissist. Yeah. He's a com- comedian. So. But you know what? We <clears throat> never really know in the beginning because they know. do all the right things. They take you out. They give you, they give you gifts. They compliment you. So it's like they're playing with the same rule book as a good dude. Yep. They're building that trust so they can manipulate you. So this dude, uh, one of the fucked up things he said to me was he doesn't listen to songs that are sung by women. <laughs> Yo, direct quote. Direct, it's a quote. We were, uh, he was getting out of my car and Amy Winehouse came on and I was like, oh, I love this song. He goes, I've never heard it. And I said, lion ass. what are you talking about? Because it wasn't even like, with, with your, your face ass lion ass, get right. out of here. And it wasn't even like a song from her first album. Which it wasn't you may a B-side, yeah. Right. It was from her, the, the best, you know, she only had two albums. Anyway, so... I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, I don't listen to songs that are sung by women. <laughs> every time to I my hear face. it, every time I hear it, I'm just like, who, what are we doing? To my face, what he said are we talking about? <laughs> But the level of, you know, unself-awareness to say Conviction. that in front of a woman. Conviction. You're crazy, right? <clears throat> so then he texts, and right then I was like, oh, oh this, this ain't, ain't gonna work. work. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't gonna work. But then, like, I didn't end it, like, then, because I knew, I was like, let's just have a little bit more fun with uh, interactions so I can use this on stage, right? That's no, always what it gets end, ends, up, ends up at. Yeah, I got to just keep playing with this, because you never know. Material. So, we were texting one day, and he was like, I'm about to get another motorcycle. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of motorcycles. I will never date somebody. Just, it's a deal breaker for me, because I, I worry, and I don't, I think there's a recklessness that's involved with that. Because, you know, like, you could die in a car accident, and that has... Doors, right? So this is a level of, yeah, you don't care about yourself that much. So I was like, okay, that's a deal breaker. But he knew that. And then he was like, I'm getting another one. I just got approved. And I wrote back credit wise. He was like, I just got approved. And I said, well, not by me as a joke, obviously. And then uh, he goes, this is a quote. I am a loose cannon comic who doesn't play by the rules. I feel like Slash came in and started like the guitar solo from Amazing at that point. In his head, it was playing. In his head, that was playing. So he texted that to me, which I still have the screenshot of, of course, because I keeps receipts. Ditto. And so I wrote back to him immediately because we don't let these niggas live. Correct. I wrote back, is that the log line for your pilot? It gets me every time. Also, I couldn't stop. So after I wrote that, I said, also, (laughs) motorcycles are very legal. You're not breaking any rules. (laughs) Zero. None. It's very easy to acquire motorcycles. Actually, I can do it right now in that. I have it in three hours. I have time. So then I told Amanda the story. And at the time, she was about to book a comic on her Smart, Funny, and Black live show. Yep. And she goes, I'm going to book him just so I can bring him up <laughs> to the stage with that. <laughs> so she did. And I witnessed the whole entire thing. She booked. She was like, I've never even seen his stand up. She's like, I don't even know if he's funny, but I'm just going to book him anyway, just so I can bring him up. This to is that. This is friendship is what this is. It was. And I, <laughs> and I was like, I, I knew I was like, I love Amanda so much. <laughs> I was like, she's doing this. And she did. She called him up. She goes, this next guy. Is this next loose- time I'm coming to the stage. <laughs> Is a loose cannon comic who doesn't play by the rules. 
I think the best part is that he didn't seem to realize. Of course, he's not self-aware. He don't. He don't even remember texting that to me. He has no idea. He he's has like, no idea. Like, Meanwhile, we I'm in the back screaming. <laughs> <laughs> And to add insult to injury, since my audience was oh, like eighty percent right. black women, he bombed. Of course, because oh, this is a black man. We didn't say I didn't say he's black, but he's black. This is a full ass black man who wears a flat top. Yeah, like it's not yes. even like he's like out here trying to be like a toast to light skinned children. Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then blame the audience when he bombed. Yes, he did. He 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 didn't it's finish not- his time. He like got off the stage. He wasn't even lit yet. He got off the stage early because he wasn't doing well. Came out to the crowd and was like, black women don't like me. They don't think I'm funny. And I'm like, he going to blame the audience. Now, and, oh, also back to we don't let these niggas live. When he he also texted to me like the next day. I, I said something about his set. And then he said, yeah, yeah I, I, black, black women, women just don't, don't like me. me. And I was like, maybe it's because they know you date white women. <laughs> Anxiety emoji. Anxiety emoji. And he emoji. said, I don't feel guilty about that. And I said, you should. Just we don't let these niggas live. You know, it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't feel guilty if you're equal opportunity. For sure. But when you like are making a cognizant decision to say like black women don't like me, that's deeper. For sure. That's definitely you not liking black women. Yeah. And 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 there's a and, and I think what's even deeper than that is the there's a self-hatred that is involved with that. Like if you exclusively don't date you what you are because you're hella light skinned I feel like he could lie to himself he could he could but he could but he can't but that's why you didn't I, work right because <laughs> you're a full nigga right I was about to say I'm so <laughs> black on the you know the light we the most militant ones I, so. I, I say this every time yeah because we are battling massa from the inside out we still have to deal with effects of massa on a daily basis we can we get sunburned <laughs> Facts. The last dose. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody who does not identify as either or, thank you so much for sticking through this journey that we went on today. This is a topic that you, it's like, you got to try and keep it up, up because it can get so heavy and it can get so just dense. And it's a lot. I think for the most part, a lot of our conversation today has been about our own experiences and having to navigate them and figuring out how to navigate them and get out from under them. And I know a lot of you all are listening and realizing, like, maybe I need to go more, do more research on narcissists and how I could possibly be being affected by one or two. Or, you know, maybe my kid is becoming one and I need to nip that in the bud, etc. The reality, though, is that what we what we have to always remember is that we do have control of our surroundings uh, for the most part and that we do have agency. And what a narcissist does, it makes you feel like you don't have agency. That's that is huge. If you ever feel like you've lost control and you're not safe, like you just have to walk on eggshells around somebody yes. and you're just incomplete. They have that person has complete power over you. Like yep. that is a huge, if you are in a relationship right now and that is how you feel, you are probably in an emotionally abusive relationship with a narcissist. It's really the facts. You know, a lot of people um, feel like, Oh, you know, I don't want nobody like stealing my, 
my time. But you don't want people stealing your clarity. Oof. And that's the key. It's having the clarity and being able to be sure about what's going on. When people start misusing that or, sh- or shifting that and they're not being clear and it starts creating this psychosis in your own self of like, wait, what is what? And now you're like, wait, is this, are we, are we still in a dream? Where's my toe them? Oh my God. Wait, I don't know. It's the end of, <laughs> it's the end of Inception. I don't know if Leonardo is alive or not. <laughs> if you feel like that, <laughs> get out. It is. Thank you, Candice, for chilling with us Thanks and for, for sharing your information. Uh, listeners, please tell a friend when you see somebody who behaves a certain way or is acting a certain way, you know, at the threat of being called the crazy girlfriend or the crazy ex, because that's some other shit the narcissists do, they will 100% label you crazy for simply being real about feeling. their fuckery. Right. That being said, may the force be with you. Stop it, stop it. A podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.